to the Kula Women's Wellness Tribe, the podcast. Get comfortable, get your walking shoes on and let's get going. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. Little name change. Does anyone notice? Women's Wealth, W-E-L-L-T-H. Did you see what I did there? So nothing's changed. Still the same same old podcast, I was going to say, same amazing podcast, same me, same me. Um, but I'm just working on a few things in the background. And I felt like a little bit of a name change as one of my missions, and I wrote this down, and I just didn't think that Wellness Tribe sort of represented what my mission is. So my mission is to help other women and men. So I don't you know, I'm open to working with men and helping men to feel rich and wealthy in their mind, body and soul, in their wellness, in their well-being. I think this is a state of mind that we should all be striving for, really allowing ourselves to thrive. When we're thriving, we have that feeling of wealth. We have that feeling of being rich. And I'm not just talking, you know, I'm not talking about having lots of money, having lots of material possessions. I'm talking about having that knowledge that when something happens or when the unexpected comes along, you are so rich in your well-being bank account that you have so many tools, strategies, you know, rituals, routines, whatever you want to call them, that you can pull on them. And continue to thrive while whatever it is is happening is, is happening. So I'll give you another example. Millionaires don't just stop when they earn their first million. They keep going and going and going until, I don't know, until they very, 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 very rich, I guess. And I feel like with our own mind, body and soul, our own mental health, emotional health, physical health, we shouldn't just get to a point where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not anxious anymore. So my own story, I've spoken openly about my anxiety. You know, I didn't just stop looking after myself, looking after my mental health when my anxiety eased. Because first of all, it's something that can still always be improved. Like I still have these days where I do feel anxious. And I do have these worries, but the difference is now I've got this bank account full of tools and strategies that I can pull out. I can make a withdrawal and I can help myself. I can support myself. And this is what I want to do for other people. I want to be the bank account. I want to be the ATM that supports your um, your wealth. I know I keep throwing the name in there, um, that allows you, that gives you these tools, that arms you with, I'm not going to say the basics because it's not just basic, that arms you with the tools that you need to to thrive. And it's all about thriving. Why would, wouldn't we want to thrive in this life? So today I just want to talk about what all of that actually means, why it fits in with what we need to be doing why we need to be looking after the the health of our mind, body and soul. 
And I don't know, you might be at a point where you feel burnt out. And I know I was. And, you know, people talk about burnout all the time. And I don't think you really realise that you have burnout until you're done with the burnout. And then you're on the other other side of the burnout. And then you can say to someone, oh, yeah, I was I was burnt out. Another thing that I think is really important, and I'm going to go to this in a bit more detail as well, is that we learn from who we were and who we grew up with. So looking at, and I don't, I know childhood trauma is thrown around a lot, but looking at where we have some beliefs, you know, some thoughts, like where does that come from? Where does, have we seen a parent working so hard that they're burnt out, that when we become adults that we think that's normal and I know in my case I observed my my mum is a worrier she's full of anxiety about random things and I can see that now as an adult sorry if you're listening to this mum and dad just telling everyone but my sister the same and I remember me and my sister a few years ago it's when my dad got diagnosed with cancer we actually it was the first time that we'd spoken about anxiety to each other because no one speaks no it wasn't a thing that we spoke about in the family and we both made a joke and said we've just got mum to thank for this and now I've done the work on myself I'm not saying that I'm perfect I still have anxious days but I can go to my withdrawal ATM and withdraw these tools that help me through it when I go home to the UK and I see my mum I see where the certain things that have passed down, certain worries, certain anxieties, certain traits that, you know, money beliefs, um, lack mindset, worrying about random things that I can't think of an example now because I'm on the spot and when I do think of one, I'll share one that are not, that just, you know, I remember in the summer last year I was riding a bike because I don't have a car in the UK. And my mum told me that she was very anxious because she thought I was going to get not um, <laughs> crash the bike, hit my head on a curb and knock myself out. And, you know, that might cross your mind and you would say, be careful, but you wouldn't let it consume you. Um, you know, that type, that type of thing. So just being able to look back and see where some of our conditioning traits come from. and. I know a lot, a lot of people, you know, everyone talks about childhood trauma, but no one went to parent school. So we can't blame our parents. But what we can do is learn from the thoughts and feelings that we have. And this is one of the things that I share with my clients. And this is one thing that I'm really going to start focusing on within the new group programs that I'm introducing I'm also really interested in and I like working with, you know, the mind-body connection. We have so much emotional trauma stored within our body that this then manifests as physical pain. And again, I think a lot of the time we treat what is on the outside, but we don't treat the, the root. We don't treat... The holistic problem so you put your mind your body your soul it comes as one it's one thing so yes you can go for physio on your back but is the tension in your shoulders because you're worried all day about money or you're burnt out or you're an anxious person you're holding all this emotion in your shoulders 
no amount of massages is going to help that. The only thing that's going to help that is working on your mind. And the only thing that is going to help your mind is working on the soul and where these things stemmed from. So where did you learn that you must be worrying about money? Where did you learn that that was okay? And I'm just going to use money as an example because that's one of the things that I'm working on. Because, you know, if you don't grow up in an affluent an affluent area with, you know, money in the family, I think from a working class class cities in the UK, it's kind of drilled into us to be thrifty, to look for the cheapest prices of, of things. And yes, I know that that's also sensible. But there's being sensible and then there's doing it because it really gives you anxiety to spend that extra bit of money. And there's a little difference in that. And I think we, you know, we see our parents doing that. And then we become, you know, the first question that we ask sometimes is how much is it? How nice would it be if we could say yes to something and then ask the price? Um, Yeah, just have a think about that. Making aligned decisions. Next time someone asks you to do something, you can say yes. Because you're not going to worry about the money. You know you've got the money there. And if you haven't, then you say no. But the first reaction shouldn't always be, no, I can't. I haven't got the money. Um, Okay, so why focus on mind, body and soul? Why am I so interested in getting you to feel wealthy in your mind, body and soul? So imagine it so I always imagine the triangle but you can also imagine it as you know a straight line or a seesaw it needs to be balanced we need to have a balance in the way that our mind works the way that our soul works and the way that we treat our body and we do this by daily practices we do this by breaking negative patterns we do this by healing from the past we do this by tuning tuning (laughs) tuning in to your conscious self, not your mums, not your dads, not your best friends, but your conscious self. And in turn, we relax the nervous system. We bring balance to the nervous system. We heal unresolved emotional wounds. And sometimes we don't even think we've got emotional wounds until we start the work. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I had a terrible childhood because I didn't. I look back on my childhood very favourably. But there are certain things that I see now that happened that were no one's fault, but they did give me some kind of trauma. And, you know, again, the word trauma, we think of really, really bad things. You know, that didn't happen to me. But I did see my mum in a very toxic relationship when I was around, I don't know, maybe between the age of eight, nine until I don't think I was a teenager. But yeah, I'll have I'll check. But I definitely I was old enough to remember seeing this toxic relationship that my mum was in. Fast forward 10, 15 years and I was in exactly the same relationship with somebody else and it was mirrored. And I didn't know how to deal with it because my mum didn't know how to deal with it. And as a child, I kind of stepped up and dealt with it when my mum was dealing with it. Seeing things that we shouldn't have seen and heard. And my mum tells me things now and when I look back I already knew it so there's this one story that she told us that we went out and the dog ate the birthday cake it was my mum's birthday and even as a 10 year old I remember thinking that's not true but I knew what was going on and my mum's told me since it got thrown at her um 
and that kind of makes sense made sense and then being an adult and allowing that to happen to you because you'd seen it happen to your mum and you don't know any different and you know a lot of people have got divorced parents and I think when your parents are divorced you know as an adult I can also see that people shouldn't stay together if they're unhappy but we then don't have this representation of how a man and wife acts how should a husband treat his wife if um, your mum and dad are not together and I never saw that I never grew up with that and it's taken me a while to find out how that what that should look like so again it's not trauma in a sense of trauma but it's an emotional wound that I've had to heal so working on this triangle this wealth triangle mind body and soul this gives you the power to transform yourself into the person you've always been at your core and I'm still on this transformative journey but now I want to help other people to do the same so it tells a new and exciting story where physical and psychological symptoms are messages not lifelong diagnoses that can only be managed so the messages that come up rather than the memories it's telling you something rather than seeing it as you know a terrible memory like what is this trying to tell me what can I learn from this and I feel like western medicine is very quick to give tablets out for this kind of thing rather than saying okay tell me about your childhood and the reason why you might be anxious and trying to find the root of that and trying to heal from that you know learning that it wasn't your fault and you you know there's nothing you could do and sort of teaching you it's kind of like you're being told the truth as an adult to help you move forward and so actually as I'm watching as I'm watching as I'm talking I've got a picture of myself I think I'm about three my sister's a tiny baby and my dad on my desk and you know I've just been talking about my mum and dad broke up when I was about six so we only had a few years but I keep this picture on my desk so I I'm doing it for her that little girl there that sat with her dad um and my little baby sister yeah she must be about three years uh, three months old there I know you can't see it but whatever we do we're doing it for that inner child and what you know the inner child that the person the, the child that I'm looking at now had no idea what was going to happen to her in the future it's now my job to learn from the things it did so I can create a new a brand new future and turn, tune into my conscious self so the conscious self is different from your subconscious and a nice way to sort of remember your conscious self is to remind us yourself that you are not your thoughts you are not the the panic attacks you are not the anxiety they are emotions that are within you your conscious self is understanding that you are your own entity it can go really deep so I'm not going to go too much into that now but it's making sure that we're connected to our in- intuition and when we fall under the influence of others we can connect to our intu- intu- goodness me. <laughs> intuition when we need to we can 
you know, take it out. And it's our sixth sense. It's calling on our sixth sense. And it's only when you are conscious, when you're aware of that, that you're able to see yourself as a process of self-awareness, understanding why you do things, being conscious of the things that you do and why you do it. And if it's something that you don't want to do, being able to learn from it and put it right. If you intuitively know what you need to do for the better, why don't you do it? It's not a moral failure, it's because you're stuck. And this is where your conscious self comes in. You make yourself unstuck. Maybe this will maybe help. But you know, you go to work, you get up in the morning, it's the same routine, you shower, you brush your teeth, coffee, get the kids to school, eat your breakfast or don't eat breakfast, you know, eat in the car, you drive to work. You don't think about any of those things because you've done it a million times. Now, have you ever drove home from work and been like, oh my God, how did I get here? And I know I did, I have, because you're not doing it. You know, think of the things you do around the house that you walk into a room and you forget where you're going. Not, you forget why you went there because it's just sort of on autopilot. It's probably the same routine that you do all the time. And you're just doing it and then you're like, why did I put me here? So when we're running on autopilot, it's primitive or it's our subconscious that's driving our reactions. Our subconscious stores, subconscious stores every single experience we ever have. So imagine it like a big USB drive with all of your memories, everything that you've ever done, every moment of every day. Your subconscious mind is shaping the way that you see the world. Another example, when you're in the car, if someone pulled out on you once, next time you drive past that street, you might feel a little bit of a knot in your tummy because your subconscious is getting ready for someone to pull out on you again, whether or not it's well, whether or not it's going to happen, I was going to say. It's probably not going to happen in the same place at the same time. So this is your subconscious belief. These go a little bit deeper when you can't trust someone, your subconscious is telling you, you know, sorry, when you've had lost trust or there's mistrust, your subconscious is telling you don't do that because you're going to get hurt. How many of you have put barriers up because you don't want to get hurt because you, we assume or subconscious tells us that history is going to repeat itself. And this is all part of our conditioning. So, like I've mentioned, we pick things up from our parents, their worries. It's all conditioning. This is all always being stuck in a subconscious programming. In fact, I did actually read that, and I've jotted it down here on my little bit of podcast paper. Some brain scans reveal that we operate only 5% of the day in a conscious state. The rest of the time, it's subconscious. So only 5% of the day we are actually thinking about what we're doing. This means we're not even making active choices during the day, not for a tiny, tiny little bit. We're letting the subconscious run the show the rest of the time. So this is where our mind, body and soul connection comes in. Tuning into what our conscious self desires, the reaction that gives us in our body and allowing our soul then to live it. So mind, body, soul connection. When I learned about this, 
I said when I learned about it, when I realized that this is what I was doing and this is why I felt better, this is when my world started to change because it's not something we're taught. It's not something that comes naturally because of the conditioning. So take a moment. I want you to, if you can, if you're not driving, close your eyes and picture a lemon. And I want you to picture the yellow, first of all, how bright it is. See those little tiny pores. See its glossy yellow skin. I want you to hold it in your hands, put it to your nose. I want you to imagine you can smell the lemon coming through the thick lemony, the lemon rind. Now I want you to imagine slicing the same lemon, this big wedge, and you can see all the little tiny bubbles of juice jumping out as you cut through the flesh. Now I want you to put a big piece of wedge of that lemon to your mouth. You've got a little cut on the side of your mouth, so it's a little bit stingy. Taste the acidity, the citrus, the freshness. Does your mouth pucker or are you filling up with saliva? What are you doing now with your face as you imagine biting into that lemon? This is the mind-body-soul connection. The mere thought of the lemon can provoke a sensory experience. The same happens when you smell coffee, you want a coffee. If you're a smoker, it might happen when you smell cigarettes, no matter how many years. You hear a song and it makes you cry, or it reminds you of the best holiday ever, or you smell chocolate and you want chocolate. This is the mind-body connection. And again, Western medicine is constrained by the belief that the mind and the body are separate. So we either treat the mind or we treat the body. Like I said, if you go to physio because you've got shoulder shoulder pain and it just won't go away, your physio is not asking you if you've got anything going on in your life right now. Is there anything that we can talk about, anything you need to let go? And this is where I believe coaches and mentors are very important for people because it's not offered medically. And, you know, most people are very aware that nowadays, you know, mental health is a thing. You know, people are starting to advertise more and offer mental health services. But I think it's still a bit of a taboo. And no one talks about the physical effects. It's not so, you know, think of the TV adverts that we see. And we see all of these painkillers with backache and pads and whatever we're, we're, we're sold to get rid of our backache. But none of those adverts say, how are you? What are you carrying around with you? What emotions? What's going on in your life? Are you busy? Are you working too hard? Are you not spending time with your family? Are you anxious? Are you carrying grief around with you? Is this why your back is hurting? Let's talk about it. And we need to really get rid of the separation of the mind and body and bring it back together. And this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking to do with 
my wealth programs because I think it's really, really important. And I'm sure that each and every one of you listening to this can probably think of a time when you've been worried about something and at the same time, then you get a bad back, you know, and I feel like people are like, oh, this is going on and my leg hurts and my back hurts and I'm getting migraines and, you know, when I'm not in mental mode, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, because obviously I can't just go around mentoring the world. Um, but, you know, I will say, well, have you got anything going on? What Are you stressing out about something? Like, my first question isn't, did you pull it at the gym? I will ask what's going on in your mind. And by connecting to your conscious self, you're going to be able to do this. And there's lots and lots and lots of different ways that we can connect you know, through meditation, through breath work, through body work, through yoga, just being able to tune in to what your body is telling you and what your mind is trying to tell you. And I know I've spoken about this before with women's health in particular. If your periods are playing up, it's not it's not just normal to have really bad periods. It's, you know, your periods should come and go and possibly, I'm just going to say, it could be quite enjoyable enjoying the the womanhood of it enjoying the sensation of the release not painful or you know feeling like every single day is a struggle so getting to the root cause of it is it a person is it your job is it the way that your mind works then taking it a layer deeper where did you get these beliefs from where did you you know if your boss annoys you okay where's this belief come from of how they should treat you are you letting them treat you that way because when you were younger your mum or dad came home and their boss did the same thing and you kind of think well that's how a boss should treat you and when I was in um when I was teaching I was scared of the head teacher and I had to remind myself that he is just a man with the same qualifications as me who just happened to go for a job and got it but the fear of being told to go and sit outside the head teacher's office as a teenager stayed with me all the way through my teaching career and lots of other teachers. Let me tell you, if you're a teacher listening to this, you'll know that if you get an email from the head teacher's PA, you don't think, oh my God, I'm getting called in for a little chat. What have I done? You think, oh my God, I'm getting called in for a chat. What have I done? And you start scanning thinking, have I accidentally sworn in front of a kid? Has a kid sworn to me? Have I said something in class that I shouldn't? Has something been taken the wrong way? What have I done to upset someone? And you literally go through, have I missed a deadline? You work your way through all of these things. Because when you're a kid, you get sent to the teacher's head, the head teacher's office and it's never for a good thing. It's always for a bad thing. And we're conditioned to think this. So then, as an adult, when you get called to the head, head, head teacher's office, your subconscious prepares you fight or flight, your palms are sweaty, to quote Eminem, you know, you start to get maybe nervous, go to the toilet, it might be that then your backache starts, you know, because you're sat and you're hunched over and you're waiting for this meeting, this is your mind-body connection, this is your subconscious, this is your past traumas coming back to try and protect you, that's all it is doing, your mind is trying to protect you when we have these sort of, um, what's the word, I'm after, I've forgotten the word, when these things happen, it's our body trying to protect us, but there is 
you know, there's a big, massive transformation going on at the moment in the wellness sphere. There's lots and lots of coaches and mentors that are helping people to see this. And I also think that since I've been doing more spiritual connected work, I can see where the science and the spirituality is very, very close here. Yes, the science is all the brain and this is what the brain is holding on to, but spirituality is, you know, the trauma and being able to work through this. And without going into all of the science, there's so many groundbreaking discoveries of epigenetics, epigenetics that tell us that these genes that we think are our fate, like, oh, my dad's the same, my mum's the same, it isn't. We can actually retrain our brains. We have the power to transform. Of course, we've got genes. We can't get rid of that. But we can choose which one, choose which parts of those we use. You know, some people, you know, oh, it's in my genes that I'm skinny. It's in my genes that I'm this. And I'm like, it's in my genes. You have free will. And sometimes we live up to what we think is in our genes because, again, it's conditioning. Some of these things we can step away from. It's up to us what we do. We make our choices of how much we sleep, how much we eat, how much we exercise, the relationships that we have. It doesn't matter. It wasn't in my genes to have toxic relationships because I'd seen it from my mum. My genes might be that I'm not necessarily confident or I go, you know, confrontational because my mum isn't, but I choose what relationships I have and I can get out of those relationships when and if I want to. I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, so genetics is not our destiny. We can thank our parents for genetics, you know, who love your hair, your eyes, you've got your mum's eyes, your dad's hair, you know, amazing. But emotionally, physically, we're not stuck to that. I've also written a little bit here. Um, so studies have shown that the influence of epigenetics transcends generations. So this is where we might hear about ancestral trauma, ancestral healing. So I've written a little bit down here. So studies have shown that the influence of epigenetics transcends generations. So this might be when you know, when you see places that have like now ancestral healing, ancestral trauma. So the lives our ancestors lived, their experiences shaped their DNA, which in turn does shape ours. That means that our lives don't end with us, but they are passed down. The good, the bad, the trauma, the joy, the happiness. And what I read was about this study of mice. Not only did those that were exposed to extreme diets or and or stress display changes in their heart and metabolism so did their offspring and their offspring's offspring and their offspring's offspring's offspring and so forth so this shows that you know it's passed down and there's evidence of this in humans as well so the studies that I've read about show that children of trauma survivors including those who endure um ongoing racism are shown to have health issues similar to those of their parents 
So how do we stop the cycle? So first of all, it's recognising this, that this is from my ancestors. And, you know, sometimes you might have to go back and it might be that we can't go back to far enough, but it's maybe recognising that this is not coming from my conscious self, this is coming from somewhere else. And, you know, environmental, some environmental factors are out of our control. You know, we can't choose the circumstances of our childhood, let alone the circumstances of our great-great-grandparents' childhood. But many factors are within our control. This mind, body, soul, triangle, the way we live our lives now is in our control. You can provide yourself with the nurturing you may not have received as a child. You can look after yourself. You can buy those things for yourself that you may not have been able to have as a child because your mum and dad were worried about money. We can learn to give ourselves security and safety. We can change what we eat. We can change how we exercise. We can change our state of consciousness. We can change our thoughts and beliefs. You know, if you're brought up in a certain religion and as you grow up, your conscious self doesn't resonate with that, you can step away from that. Um, you can step into spiritual well, spirituality or a belief that, you know, that's your that's your choice. And I feel that, you know, this has happened to me as growing up, I was very unreligious, not religious at all. We'd only go to church when there was a christening and obviously that's just for the party I think I maybe went to Sunday school because my mum my nana would go to church but other than that I don't really know much about religion at all we did not grow up in a religious family at all but I found a pull towards spirituality in a sense of that I believe there's a source I don't necessarily I don't believe necessarily in a god per se but in a greater power, um, you know, and I believe that everyone is entitled to what they want to believe in without having, what's the word, without being told what to think. And I think that comes from, you know, taking, you know, my mum and dad never pushed any belief onto me and I feel that's allowed me to be flexible. So it's a positive. I've been able, I've able to learn from that. I'm not a victim of that. I've used it for my advantage. So once you understand this and once you make that connection, it's then time to sort of do the work. Understanding you don't create your thoughts, researching yourself. And when I say researching yourself, you know, that could be journaling or meditation. If I'm working with a client and they say certain things, I will ask them, where do you think this comes from? And they generally tell, can tell me a story, you know, like I... I can with my money beliefs, you know, and my money beliefs even go back to my grandma, where coming up to birthdays and Christmas is we're all always told that, you know, you might not get everything that you want or, you know, I haven't got any money, so don't expect much. And that would come from my grandmother. My mum, I would sense her anxiety coming up to those times and she would sort of also preempt that, oh I know I haven't got much money and you know I never wanted for anything I can't don't think back and think oh my god I never got this but what I do do is I start to then now I, I struggle to receive from people because I have guilt of 
receiving because I would hate anyone to feel anxious because they've got to get me a birthday present or do anything for me and this is something that I'm working on at the moment so I've been able to pinpoint where this comes from where it comes from that I feel awkward when it's my birthday and you know I cringe if people get me something not in a bad way like I love getting you know but there's a part of me that feels so guilty for someone spending money on me and that's because I don't want them to to feel anxious or you know they, they have to and like I said this is something I'm working on I found my trauma I found where it's come from and I'm reprogramming my mind to my subconscious my conscious self to accept to receive to allow myself to receive you know I am worthy of receiving so I'm going to end it there and I think this is something I will revisit because there's a lot to unpick but I hope it's sort of giving you a little bit of an insight into your own mind body and soul connection your own conscious self and if you have any questions let me know keep your eyes peeled for my new coaching sorry um they're actually mentoring programs where this is something that I'm going to be helping you with and you know my vision for this is that it's very chilled you know we have contact and I let you do the work and I'm there to support you um yeah so over and out and I will see you next week I have an amazing guest we're going to be talking about all about our authentic self thanks for listening and that's it today everybody I hope you have a lovely week and I'll see you again next week don't forget five stars download tell your friends you're amazing